Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. You are listening to the Recovery Radio. Podcast on KMP3. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and I will be your host. You can email me at sarcasticbigbook at gmail. You can follow me on Instagram at sarcastic.aa.book. Check out my websites. Do it. Go for it. Recovery Radio KMP3.com. Take the books. Check out sarcasticbigbook.com. And as always, I am so glad you're here with me. I don't know what the hell you're doing. I don't know if your day's just getting started or it's just winding down or it's somewhere in the middle, but here we are. You Grateful I have no desire to drink today. And I do have a piping hot cup of French roast coffee from Trader Joe's mixed with some Don Francisco's Hawaiian hazelnut, to be specific. It is delicious. Talking to somebody yesterday who can't stay sober and is telling me that they were beating themselves up because they they decided to drink and said to them, you know, that you being mad at yourself for deciding to drink is just to me says that somebody does not understand what alcoholism is. Concerning the first drink, my brain is broken. Don't know how else to put it. Concerning the first drink, my brain is broken. According to the big book. Not concerning anything else. If my brain is broken in ways unrelated to alcohol, specifically to alcohol, to drinking and to thinking about drinking, according to the big book, that is not alcoholism. I am... A lone wolf here, the black sheep here. I am a real outcast for saying that, unfortunately. Well, I never want to let it go. It's not a dead horse. It's a horse that's running all over the place. It's a horse that's had babies, and there's a, it's a, it's a, <laughs> I'm not beating a dead horse. It's a, It's a stable filled with horses. <laughs> it's ranch property all over the world. How many times have you gone to a meeting? And I mean, it happens all the time. I didn't want to go to a meeting. I woke up today and I didn't want to. I didn't want to go to a meeting. That's my alcoholism. 
I read something that Dr. Silkworth says. In 1951, Dr. Silkworth wrote this. It is very wrong, not just wrong, very wrong, to consider any of the personality traits observed in liquor addicts as peculiar to the alcoholic. Emotional and mental quirks are classified as symptoms of alcoholism merely because alcoholics have them. Yet those same quirks can be found among non-alcoholics too. Actually, they are symptoms of mankind. He goes on to say, For the alcoholic, AA offers directions. A vital factor is sustained emotion. The alcoholic who learns some of the techniques or the mechanics of AA, but misses the philosophy or the spirit, will get tired of following directions. Not because he's alcoholic, but because he's human. Rules and regulations irk almost anyone. Because they're restraining, prohibitive, and negative. The philosophy of AA, however, is positive and provides ample sustained emotion. In other words, a sustained desire to follow directions voluntarily. He goes on to talk about how if somebody had a heart attack, and they went to the doctor, and the doctor said, do this, do that, don't do this, and he would follow directions for a while, but then he would stop following directions. Not because he has, quote, cardiac thinking or a cardiac personality, but because he's human. And once fear is lost as a motivator, unless it's something that offers sustained emotion that becomes desirable, somebody is just going to stop following directions. This is human. According to Dr. Silkworth, who wrote the doctor's opinion, According to Dr. Silkworth, if I don't want to go to a meeting, that is not my alcoholism. But try saying that in a meeting somewhere. Get attacked. Because people are out of self enough to have been able to remain abstinent for years sometimes. Who thoroughly believe all the way through them that their self-centeredness is untreated alcoholism, that their character defects are alcoholism. And according to the big book, that is not true. If you have questions about this, or you want to talk about this, please write me. Listen to what does the big book say? Listen to those episodes. I'll go exactly through all of this in a much more condensed way. But if you want to give it more condensed, I mean, first of all, do your own research. I implore you. Read something in the big book that makes you disagree with this and write it to me and I'll be happy to respond because why am I so passionate about this? Because if you are not clear on this, then you can open up the big book today, turn to our daily meditation, 
on page 86. Second paragraph. <clears throat> on awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially being, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance. After all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed in a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We're often surprised how the right answers come after we've tried this for a while. Next paragraph. We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer. We'll be shown all through the day what our next step is to be. We'll be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no request for ourselves only. As we go further down, as we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. Constantly remind ourselves we're no longer running the show. I mean, clearly, that says your brain is not your enemy. Alcoholism is not attacking you. Self-centeredness is your enemy. Don't trust self-centered thoughts. Ask God to remove that and direct your attention to his will, which would be love or lack of fear. But if I think that Fear is part of alcoholism. That's going to affect everything I think and everything I practice. And unfortunately, that was what I believed for almost three years. And I was a miserable meeting maker, thinking I was doing everything as best I could but I was actually in a position mentally where I was fixed to struggle. I believed that I was stuck. I've talked about the few sentences in the first 164 pages that people hang their hat on and really take out of context if you read it carefully read the whole thing the problem centers in our mind read that whole thing alcoholic extreme example of self-run riot read everything the big book says about an alcoholic they're talking about a drinking alcoholic there they're not describing alcoholism anymore in 60 to 62 I mean I mean it's it's like I said I learned all this through a workshop that took two years to go through this is a lot to untangle I try to untangle it for people quickly now because since this became untangled for me when I was about two and a half years sober, um, life's been amazing. That was about 30 years ago. I mean, it just changed everything. 
According to the big book, if you wake up thinking about yourself, that's not your alcoholism at all. The steps are designed to eliminate that right there. I've had this conversation so many times. This is where they hear, I hear the person coming in, the perfection argument. Well, I know, but it's real life, bro. Or, you know, but you can't be per I mean, something. Something to grasp onto a mental position that you're supposed to wake up every day thinking about yourself. Which, of course, ensures that I will. All right, I'm out of here. I'm gonna guzzle my coffee because I'm an alcoholic. Check this out. Actually, I just did just pound that. But that's not my alcoholism. That's just my whateverism. <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. All right. If anybody needs to hear this, everything's okay. And um, I'm going to be on a game show next week called uh, Sexy Sober Superstars. And it's kind of like a Battle of the Network Stars. If you're old enough to remember that, it's like there's a bunch of there's an obstacle course and there's, you know, different various games I'll play with other sober people and run around under the sun and part of it involves a volleyball and just wear a Lloyd cloth and you're all greased up and beautiful uh, alright <laughs> I'm gonna go I do not know why my life was saved but I'm gonna go try to live a life that was worth saving and I hope you do the same